Let me just pray as we begin, and uh, then we'll, we'll start with a great hymn of praise. Um, so let's just uh, pray together as we begin our worship today. Oh Lord God, we thank you uh, for the joy of spring. Uh, Father God, we are an Easter people now. Uh, Good Friday has come. Uh, the enemy did its worst, but your son Jesus rose from the dead victorious. Lord, I pray that would be a moment not quickly forgotten, but a moment which we hold dear. Father God, I pray you'd hold it before our eyes this evening. I pray in everything now you'd enable us uh, to, to give you our hearts, our minds and our wills, Lord God. Uh, we pray that as we talk about praise, and you remind us again that you are worthy of all praise. And I pray that you just guide us and lead us this evening. And that what we offer you will be pleasing to you. And so, Father God, we, we pray now. We need your help. Uh, we pray you come and fill this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lord God, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, history is your story. Uh, you brought about your salvation plan through your government and foreign governments, through both the good and the evil, your plans could not be thwarted. We praise you today that we stand on the foundation of those plans of salvation. We thank you that we stand on the promises given to Abraham that were fulfilled in your son Jesus. We praise you, that we can praise you in all circumstances, knowing that you hear us when we call, that you give us peace that passes understanding, that you have a far greater plan than to give us comfort and health. You are bringing about your kingdom which will last for all time. Lord, we thank you that you are involved and interested in our lives, but we praise you that you see the end from the beginning. Uh, help us to hold those things as our foundation, to build our houses on the foundation of this story, not the shifting sands of, of, of what we experience, Father, but to, to build our house on the rock. Lord, we praise you and uh, that come what may, we will praise you for all time that though most other things will cease, your praises will last for all eternity and you are worthy to receive our praise today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. But uh, let's have a look at God's Word together. Uh, if you've got a church Bible, we're on page uh, 631, uh, it's Psalm 145. Um, if you think I'm moving around a lot, it's because Chelsea won 2-0 and I'm very, very excited. Uh, I also, I do love God's Word very much, so I'll... I'll try and plant myself here um, very much. And if you're a Liverpool fan, I apologise. I hope that hasn't put you off. Uh, yes. Psalm uh, 145, uh, page 631, if you've got uh, a church Bible. Uh, a psalm of praise. Uh, what are the only ones that's called a tequila, if you're interested? Uh, unique. In the Psalms, I probably pronounced that wrong, but my Hebrew was not as good as my Greek, uh, and it's of David, so Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty act. They will speak of the glorious splendour of your majesty and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. 
All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendour of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all who look to you, uh, the eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and loving towards all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, for all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord, for every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. And this is the word of the Lord for us today. Now, um, sometimes uh, as you craft a, a sermon in, in a week or in a month or however long you've had, uh, it kind of comes together a bit like a, a scalpel. There's, there's that kind of one thing that, that, that really kind of burns within you to, to yeah, out the text, you say, this is, this is what I think God's bringing. Today is less of a scalpel, more of a shotgun, if I'm honest. Um, but there's uh, and so much riches in this psalm uh, that, that I can't just pull out one thing. Now, now, some of you already at this point, your hearts start to sink, because that's the sort of thing a, a preacher says before an epically long sermon that you'll never remember uh, again. Uh, but, but what I'm going to try and achieve, if there's like the one aim today, uh, is I want to try and um, challenge us about why sometimes our praise uh, might feel like it's lacking. Um, I want to try and encourage us why God is worthy of, of praise. And, and I'll be honest, I've been quite challenged myself. Um, and I'm hoping that, that we might take to heart some of the stuff um, that's in here. Um, the great joy of being a visiting creature, but one who loves you deeply, is that I get to kind of say the stuff that if I was full-time pastor here, I'd never have the kind of guts to say um, for fear of my job. Um, but um, Jeff hasn't asked me to say anything, just I want to put that kind of draw Neil. Um, so say anything that, that kind of is said that makes you go, ooh, um, hopefully comes... Um, yeah. Well, what we're going to do, rather than well doing a, a kind of PowerPoint with lots of images, um, I just want to take you through it, line by line. Okay? If you are the sort of person that switches off of a talk after about 30 seconds, which means I've got about minus four minutes left, um, you could do far worse than doing what a number of kind of Jewish people do, which is to use this psalm three times a day. Um, there's this kind of tradition that grew up that if you recite this three times a day, you'll find blessing in it. Um, you could do far worse. I've tried that this week. It's been quite good. Um, you know, there's a bit where it kind of launches into a song that sounds a bit familiar and you can't help but put the tune in. Uh, feel free to try. But there, 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 there's heaps, heaps in it. And, um, and we'll move through fairly quick. And um, uh, This is where you really should take notes, I'll be honest. Um, this is the thing I'm going to start at Cornerstone. We're about to start a new season called Grow. I want people to note stuff down. Um, you know, we work quite hard prepping this stuff. Uh, and I'm instantly forgettable. So um, hopefully you can take some of this to heart. Feel free to grab a pen from someone and scrawl it on your hand. It, it got me through my GCSE, so um, it might help you too. Uh, let, let's, let's go through it kind of line by line and, and uh, we'll pull out 
some bits forever. Verse 1, I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise you, my God the King. Pride and praise don't mix. Pride and praise don't mix. What I mean by that is that sadly I get more complaints about the togetherness of a music group than I do about the togetherness of a congregation. I get more complaints about the volume of the drums than I do about the volume of the praising. I get more complaints about the noise of the children rather than complaints that we're seeing our children leave the church in droves. That's my lot as a pastor. I take it graciously and I take it most weeks. But here is the problem about that. Most of those complaints are rooted in me. I, this is what I prefer, rather than a bigger view of what might be going on. Now I'm a church drummer and I have played too loud. I apologise. I've done it here in this building a number of times. Some of you are still bearing the hearing aids as a result. Um, I'm not saying those things aren't important, but there's a problem when pride, which is what I want, and praise don't mix. Are you kind of with me? Um, this is difficult. And in this passage, the good thing about King David, the king whose heart was after the heart of his God, do you see what he says in the very first line? Oh God, my king, the king. He recognises his position before God. Because pride and praise don't mix. Because praise that's rooted in pride becomes all about, I didn't really like that song. I didn't like the speed we played it. I didn't like this kind of thing. Can you believe that she was wearing that to church? Did you see him with that phone on? I can't believe these people are not worshipping God properly. This sounds a bit like a lecture. Some of you are going, oh gosh, you started time. But pride and praise don't mix. God is God and we are not. The biggest question should be, did what I offer this evening please my Father in heaven? Was it in line with what he would want? And you might be quite surprised to find that Jesus didn't talk an awful lot about song choice in his life. You might be quite surprised to find that he never complained too much about some of the smelly and the dirty people that were on the edge of his, of his crown. You might be surprised to find that there are passages in the Bible that talk as much about justice being the worship that God accepts as a well thought through, well delivered sermon and a good solid hymn sandwich. Now this isn't me trying to tell you off, it's trying to say that pride, um, I'm telling you off actually, I will, I'll tell myself off too. Because we reduce this worship thing to something ridiculously small when our God is so big. You kind of with me with that? Now some of you, bless you, you've never done that. But I've been to places where I'll ask people, how was it? And they say, oh, the worship was really good. Have you ever heard that expression? The worship was really good. And I say to them, well, how do you know the state of the hearts of the people around you? And they say, no, not that. The drumming was excellent. Now, this is where I guess I want to try and start. Because God deserves our praise, not because of what he does, but because of who he is. And humility is about me recognising that he deserves my praise, come what may. Come what may. Let's have a little look at verse 2. David writes, every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. 
extolling is kind of a, a passionate praise. Um, let's do a quick show of hands just to keep you awake and keep the blood flowing. Who's had a good day today? Okay. Uh, who's had a bad day today? Who can't remember the day today? Yeah, some of us. Some of us, man. It's gone in a blur. Um, who can remember what you had for lunch? <laughs> Most of you. Good. Um, I've not eaten yet. I was a bit nervous. But um, here's, here's the thing. Every day I'll pray. Now this is uh, called an imperative. Okay, so, so, so David is, is, is not just saying, I will praise you, it's, I will. I, I will deliberately and consciously choose to praise you. And every day isn't just the good days, it's not just the bad days. It is every day. And if you're going through the worst day possible, and, and some of you, bless you, have been through some pretty bad days, isn't it great that we have someone who is, is better and able, a true and better king? Isn't it great that we can hold on to that? Isn't it great, that, and I, I say this every time I preach here, but I love the words, that, that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That, that whether famine or disease or sword or death comes, that we, can, we can praise with those words. Come what may. I know you've heard some pretty powerful testimonies here of people talking about that in their suffering. Every day I'll pray. Um, how can I put this without... I'll be honest, there are some days where I don't like going to church. I know, I know, shock. I'm paid to go as well, so you think I've got like a double reason to go. Um, but, but what's great is the amount of times, I don't know whether you've ever had this, where I go and it's a decision of the will, uh, and then something good happens. You know, the, the teaching just, just really hits you between the eyes, or, or someone just said something at just the right time, or, or, or more than that, you just remember how stupid and selfish you are and how great it is that we get to meet I mean, look around. We're united in, in, in this great and glorious salvation plan. Every day. Oh, I want to challenge you. If I've said that pride and praise don't mix, um, how can I put this? Well, just mood and praise don't, don't mix. Uh, you know, it's, it's not that we leave stuff at the door because God needs your praise in your sadness. Yeah, there is this kind of thing that's grown up about, you know, leave the stuff outside and come in, sure, but actually God cares about the brokenness and the tears and the heartbreak. If you read the book of Psalms, and quite a lot of people just flick to it in times of trouble, you might be surprised to find there are as many laments as there are praises. There are as many complaints put in poetry and song as there are praises. I'll be honest, sometimes it's a bit depressing reading David saying, I'm in a pit, I'm in a mire, I've got nothing left. Uh, but, but that's that's real praise. Every day I'll pray. So I'll ask a direct question. Are you the sort of person who depends on the mood? Depends on the mood. The quality of my worship depends on my mood. Or is it built on something else? You kind of with on that one? Some of you. Good. Okay, let's, let's keep going. Why do we praise? Uh, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Um, to keep you involved, have a little chat just on this verse. Uh, what makes us praise God? What is it about God uh, that makes us praise Him? Um, it's a really simple question. It'll take you 30 seconds. So have a talk, just because it keeps you involved, keeps you awake. If you don't want to talk, just think it through in a kind of really studious way. And if you want to sleep, pretend to pray, then no one will tell you off. So, uh, yeah, good. Have a chat. Once again, I apologise if you're not really in a talking mood, but um, uh, it helps me think. So, uh, 
first three verses. Do you notice that before David mentions anything that God has done, and God has done an awful lot in his life, he just says, you're great and worthy to be praised. Before he even gets to the work, he remembers first and all that God is great and worthy to be praised. Can you see that? See that? It's just, that's just the nature of God. You know, someone who can fling stars into space and speak and, and just all this beauty come into to being. Yeah, that's the work stuff. Just his, his nature, who he is, is worthy of praise. And, and if you're the sort of person a bit like me, who sometimes finds it hard to praise, uh, one little tip would be, um, take your eyes away from the kind of stuff that's going on and fix it back on him and his character. And a good way of doing that is to read through this psalm three times a day, or other psalms, or other books, or other teaching. Because, um, uh, well, so we did the road to Emmaus this morning, and these disciples are walking along with Jesus next to them, but they don't recognise him. And they're full of woes, and they're saying, oh, hopelessness, we thought he was the Messiah, he was at least a prophet, but, well, did, you know, they were so wrapped up in the the woe and the, the trouble and the heartbreak that they didn't see the Jesus walking next to them. And their view of Jesus was too small that they'd seen him die so they couldn't expect that he would be alive again. Actually, if they lifted their eyes, possibly they might have seen Jesus. And what's interesting on Emmaus is they might have seen a Jesus who looked different to the Jesus that they knew because this was the resurrected Jesus. That the resurrection body Jesus, the, the one who will never die again, whose who throne endures forever. It can be quite powerful sometimes to remember that we praise God, not because of just what he does, but because of who he is. And if you're the sort of person who feels like they're stuck in the mire, David does this quite a lot in Psalms. He says, quite often he'll write his troubles, and he'll say, but this I remember, but, but this I will bring to my mind. You are God. Are you kind of with me there? It's a good, good habit to get into. Hopefully, um, this is mildly helpful. Um, why is to be praised? Okay, verse 4, let's, let's just move through. Uh, one generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendour of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Some of you who were worried that we were going to go through verse by verse are much more relieved now we've just taken a chance. Do you notice that there is a collective, a they, as well as the I? And, and the book of Psalms is, is full of songs that were designed to unite the people in worship. The big problem that I see nowadays is that we seem to have moved from a community culture, where doors were kept open, where you couldn't even tell which one of your kids was yours, because you just mix them all up by the sounds of it, to a consumeristic culture, which says, because you're worth it, you're worth it, this is about you. And the thing that we've lost as part of that is community. And that comes across a bit in, we've already talked about it, that I like this song, I like this style, I like this preacher, I like this that we forget that actually part of the reason we praise is that we are built to be the body of Christ, a community together. Do you know the biggest thing that put me off Christianity, age 14, when I was really searching my heart whether this was the way to go? So the biggest thing that put me off? Are the Christians. Why would I want to be like the miserable, moany, grumpy, downright boring 
limited individuals that I sat next to, and I'm saying that as a horrible, arrogant person that will accept the challenge uh, gratefully. Because part of me coming to faith was recognising that, that was age 14 when I was seeking to follow God. Well, God first, but other Christians. Because there were one or two diamonds in the rough who took an interest, who remembered things like, oh, my birthday, uh, my exams. Uh, they remembered to ask me, uh, where were you last Sunday? We really missed you. You're a part of our church and we miss you when you're not here. They recognised that it was about community. There was one guy who sings even worse than me. I know it doesn't sound possible, but it is possible. But do you know what I loved about him? Is that he did it with all his heart and with all his strength and with all his will. I saw him once sing so hard he had to sit down during the third verse. <laughs> now around me some people were laughing going, oh silly, silly, silly. But as a 14 year old boy, do you know what I love more? Authenticity. Passion. That when we said that we love this God who has saved us, it kind of flowed and kind of showed. If you come here feeling the lowest of the low, you have a responsibility in your place to firstly not hide that from other people, because genuine community is built when we share those things together. Too many churches crumble because it's just shallow relationships. We just say, hi, how are you? And the correct answer to the question, how are you, is fine. Fine. That's the correct answer. But actually, the reason partly that the church and the generation that are coming to it are finding that there's no one or not as many people sitting is that they're not finding genuine community. Community plus vision tends to equal churches of growth and passion. You've seen it here. You know, we've been blessed at the moment to see it at Cornerstone. The hard bit now is having started a church which was a clear vision and having had a small group of people that had community, the, the challenge is to say, well, how do we then say, well, what now? That's hard. And we're in this kind of flux, you know, pray for us. You know, we've got a good amount of people, but quite an apathetic group. You know, we're starting to get to know newcomers. Uh, pray that we break through that quickly. We want community and vision. I, I pray for that for you guys. You have a lovely space. But how's the community doing? Because it's been hard along the way, hasn't it? And I can say that because I've said it at a distance. You know, if we complain about the togetherness of the music group, why wouldn't we complain about the togetherness of the flock? Because that's where real praise begins. In community and in unity based on the foundation of God. That's what it's about. And we each have a responsibility if we've wounded someone else to go there. You know the passage, don't you? We know the verses, but they're easy to forget. If you have something against your brother, first lay your gift down and go and be reconciled, then come to God. That's not one of those verses we can go, oh well, they were just speaking metaphorically. It matters. It matters. Confess your sins to one another, that you may be forgiven. It matters. Now I know some of you are thinking, well this isn't a very good sermon about praise, but this stuff gets in the way of our praise. This stuff gets in the way. It breaks churches and breaks pastors, it gets in the way. And David knew that. Do you see how he responds to the they? They do something, they remind me of what God's done, his works in the past, and I praise. It's a, a mutual thing. As the psalm was used probably in the temple, the I would be read out as a way of encouraging the they. There's this community going on. It's a pretty glorious thing to behold. You know, I, I just 
bless you and encourage you that that, that, that little teenager that's sat next to you looking like they're not engaging. You know, it's easy, isn't it, to go, oh. Sing up. Sing loud. Be interested. Ask a lot of them. You know, it's great that the youth work does that here. You know, it asks a lot of our teens. It asks, you know, do that stuff. Do that stuff. Sorry, I'm ranting slightly now. Um, are you still with me? Yeah, two more minutes then. Two more minutes. Um, let's just go through. Verse 8. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all that he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendour of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. Um, how awesome is it that David writes before Jesus and he writes that? Because their kingdom was an incomplete physical kingdom. The kingdom of Jesus' ashes is a complete spiritual kingdom that one day will physically be revealed before us. And yet David can write that kind of stuff. What's even cooler about Psalm 145 is that it's crafted in a way where um, it's an acrostic, you know what acrostics are, where you have like the alphabet written down, and uh, it's like A, B, C, but you know, in Hebrew, um, and you can ask Jeff, he'll tell you about Hebrew. So, um, but, but there's time taken, and it's hard to do, it's not something that's easy to just throw off. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes craft. What's interesting as well, just as an aside for some of you that, that may have heard all this stuff before, uh, there's a letter missing. Or at least they kind of think there is. Because in the early texts, as far back as like 3 BC, the letter, like none, is missing. It's about verse 13, 14. And if you look in your NIV Bible, um, there's a little footnote, it should say. It should say. And there's some quite interesting discussions, firstly among the kind of early church, about why this might be. The Dead Sea Scrolls, they found a scroll that had a bit in it, so they're not quite sure anymore whether it is still missing or not. And some people said, maybe it's because none also has this kind of connotation of failure, so when you use a word, and some are praised that they shouldn't have failure in the middle, but I'm not convinced by that. Um, there was also one nice thing I read that I'm not convinced by, but I thought it was nice, that there's something nice about the fact that this is an incomplete psalm, and yet it's still praising God with the hope that one day completion will come. I, I quite like that as an idea, but there's this letter missing, this... Yeah, we're not quite there, we have them now, don't we, but they're not yet, for those of you who are eschatologically speaking. You, you kind of with me? You know, we, we have that now. And that can encourage us that when we look around at our lives that aren't quite going as we'd hoped, that, that we can remember that, that, that we're not quite there yet. And our job is that we are being completed that God has brought about complete salvation within me, but, but I'm being completed. And praise does that. Praise knocks off the rough edges. Have you ever had it where you sing a song and it just, something just clicks? Or, you know, you kind of find yourself just humming a song as you go into the week and it kind of lifts you up. You know, musical praise can do that. Maybe that, that smiley face at the door does that too. It just knocks the corners off. No, I, I could go on, but um, some of you are, are, are flagging and we do have a few songs to sing. But, um, let me go back to, to where we began. Um, my friend is not a real friend. Sadly. I know, I've, I've lied. Listen to the middle bit, that, that was true. Um, but there was a moment in David's life where he was told a story of a certain young man that was quite pivotal uh, to him. Um, the prophet Nathan came after David had um, engaged in adultery and some pretty heinous acts 
and and you know the story, don't you? You know, kind of tells him the story about this sheep stealer, and David's like, this man should be killed. It's outrageous. And um, and I was thinking, I can't do it in the same way the Bible does, but in a small way, my little friend is a bit like us when we come to church, just a little bit. You know, we we owe an awful lot to God, both for who He is and what He's done. Um, I could talk to you for hours about that, but I shan't. Um, I've done it in the past. <laughs> but when he came to my house, he started to say, we, we, we got it, didn't we? Something wasn't right. We, we wanted to deal with it. That This attitude was kind of wrong. Uh, we knew that Scripture had something to say about an attitude that was all about me and not about the relationship. But we knew that we could say, do you really love me? Do you really love me more than these things? Uh, and we also had a, a rather good, helpful challenge about me. But thankfully, in God's case, he is perfect. And um, there are no flaws uh, within him, which is why I look suddenly slightly uncomfortable. But, but, but here's the challenge. If you can do that thought process in a small way about this friendship that's got fractures in it, um, how can the community nature of this psalm encourage us to think about how we come to this place? You, you kind of understand how I confuse you? That I said that much more complicated than I should have done. The story I told you, remember that? My friend had got something very wrong. And the quality of our relationship was affected as a result. He blamed my fish fingers. Uh, it, it wasn't that. David was a messed up, broken individual, but he gets a number of things right. He remembers that pride and praise don't go together. That's where we began. Actually, my friend had no humility. Actually, do we have humility as we come? We remember what we're about here. He talked a bit about um, the kind of the attitude of unity that's here, how we confess to each other, we talked a bit about that kind of stuff. I've talked about the example we give to other generations, about community together as we praise. Um, I've, I've talked about a number of things, but hopefully some of them are stuck. Um, I love praising God. Um, it matters that we do it not just here, but in lives of justice, because that matters. It matters that it's more than just words here that is lived out in practice. Um, it, it matters that our praise is affected if there's unforgiven sympathy, and I think that stuff matters. You know, I can give you a psalm and say, read it, isn't this great to praise God with? But, but, but man looks at the outward appearance, and God looks at the heart. That's the way God describes David. Because man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And I think that's quite a good challenge for us when we come to praise God. And I hope that's a challenge, I really do. Um, I've been challenged pretty hard in the week uh, about it. You've listened very well. Um, we're going to have an opportunity to, to praise God in song. Um, and uh, the group are going to come. And um, um, If you'd like to talk that through after, feel free to pray. But the big thing I want to try and point to is that that video I showed, yeah, that's why I'll be praised. That's why I'll be praised. Um, and wherever you're at, we have that in common. So let me just pray, and then we'll, we'll praise God together. Let me pray. Uh, Lord God, we thank you for your word. Uh, I've not got through the whole uh, chapter, uh, the whole psalm. Uh, Lord, uh, make us diligent enough to go home and read it. The, the end is really good. Um, I, I pray, though, that more than that, it would be a, a living word, that your, your spirit would, would just drive it deep into to bone and marrow, that you'd humble us uh, as a people of God before you and before each other. Uh, Father, I pray that as we praise that, that this would be something that actually ignites. It can be easy to hear a sermon like this and, and feel low, but Father God, your word is a mirror that we can hold up against ourselves uh, and check and, and see the, the things that you would have us do. Uh, Lord, we never want to just listen to a sermon and nod and say, wasn't that good? 
Uh, we want to hear your words uh, and, and, and see it in action, Lord. So I pray now that as we pray, we give you our, our minds, our souls and our strength, that, that, that our hearts should be for you. Uh, I thank you that, that you deserve our praise. It's the chief end of man to give you praise. And I just thank you for this church. I thank you that in so many good ways they model what good praise is about. Father, uh, give them a willingness to strive for more, uh, to seek to continue to be a people that come broken together, uh, restored in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, so may you go into the week as a people who praise in all circumstances, who give thanks uh, without ceasing, who know that the praise you join in with now has been from the beginning of creation to the end of the end and all that's to come. May you be a people that go and live the story of Easter with joy and hope in everything you do and say and are. May you go and be people that reconcile and seek forgiveness where it's needed. May you be a people that take seriously praise. May you be a people that are humble enough to say that God, you are God worthy of all praises. Uh, and to, to put ourselves right before him by putting ourselves right with each other. And uh, may you be blessed in, in all you do. And thank you for having me. It's been an absolute privilege again.